0: You're listening to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com. My name is James Garcia and each week I talk to photographers from around the world who are turning Lego, action figures, miniatures, custom creations, and more into amazing works of art. This week I spoke with one of my favorite action figure photographers, Jax Navarro, aka Plastic Action. Jax has only been shooting toys for a little over three years, but in that time has truly made his mark. His work has been shown at places like Star Wars Celebration and San Diego Comic-Con and been shared by companies like ESPN, Entertainment Weekly, and Nerdist. I met Jax at the Oregon Toy Photo Safari last year and immediately asked him onto the show. Uh, Luckily, the episode was worth the wait. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jax, enjoy. Jax, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to talk to you. Before we get started, I just want to say I've been loving all of the work you've been doing lately. Have you been doing anything exciting? Have you done any shooting lately? How's the new year been for you so far?
1: Oh man, thanks for having me, first of all. New year's been great. Recently I've had a lot of uh, commission work, so it's been, been me busy. Hmm. And you know, and just doing my own thing. I normally only get to shoot on the weekends, so if I have something going on, like a family event, it's I usually don't get anything done that week. So it's been hard to find time because of you know life and work and stuff like that. But uh, but I manage, and it's still, it's 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 a blast.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. The commission work you're doing—is it uh, toy related or just general photography stuff?
1: Oh, it's toy related. Awesome. Uh, And I'm actually really excited about a couple of them. A couple of people reached out to me. Well, I have to say I'm excited by all of them because, you know, it's just an honor to be able to do some work for people and uh, get my work hung on their wall, you know? Mm -hmm. There's been a couple of people who were very well-known in their industries uh, reach out to me, and I was, like, really blown away. I was like, man, is this really happening? So uh, the first guy... um, You may not know because you're not a sports fan, but he's uh, people that know basketball. He goes by the handle the Professor, and he's a streetball legend. Hmm. Yeah, back in the '90s, he uh, ESPN had you know outdoor basketball, and it was very. It was kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters in a way. Okay, but it was like outdoor basketball, so you know they would be performing at parks and whatnot. But anyway, this guy, uh, the Professor, he's. he reached out to me. And he's like, "Hey, I love your work, man. Do you want to uh, do some work for me?" I'm like, Shh, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge basketball fan, so I was like blown away. And I knew this guy. I, I knew I, I watched him play back in the days, so I was just blown away. And then, uh, so I actually just completed that. I'm not sure when I'm going to reveal that, but uh, it'll be soon. Um, I'll post about it, and uh, I'm excited to, to share that one. And then, you ever seen the show The Shark Tank?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, Damon John, he's uh, one of the sharks. He reached out to me uh, a couple weeks ago. And, man, I, my wife and I watched the show. And, and and at first when he started following me, I thought it was like somebody else. You know, I didn't think it was the real guy.
0: Right. But I saw, <laughs>
1: you know, you had a little checkmark right next to the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I, I showed my wife, I'm like, you're not going to guess who's following me. And I told her and she's like, no way, that's so cool. Um, but it, anyway, he he actually reached out to me on direct message and said he was a big fan. And he was like, hey, uh, if you're interested, uh, maybe we can do some work together or whatever. And uh, he's like one of the first guys that has ever like said I'm going to have my the vice president of my company get a hold of you. <laughs> like, is this really <laughs> happening? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Um,
0: yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's
1: been unreal, unreal.
0: Yeah, and it just shows, like, how... Um how your work is just it just transcends the toy photography genre you know just the, the work you do just reaches those kinds of people who aren't necessarily tapped into this community or even this kind of art form but see your work and are impressed with it i, I just think that's awesome so congrats that's that's exciting i can't wait to see what you what you shoot for them
1: oh man thank you thank you i'm excited yeah it's, it's, it's mind's blown really i mean it's like i i still can't imagine that this is happening it's crazy
0: Before we jump into your toy photography, let's rewind a bit because, uh, you know, doing research for the podcast, I was looking at your website and your feed and all that, and you had written that you, um, you know, you've been kind of creative your whole life, but then lost that a little bit in high school and then took up photography again afterwards. So just generally, like, what has your artistic journey uh, been? can Can you kind of walk us through it?
1: Yeah, so when I was a kid, you know, I must have been around six or so, I used to draw a lot and I love to draw Star Wars. I was a huge Star Wars fan so one of the things I would draw were like these battles so you know I would have X-Wings and TIE Fighters and I would draw the Death Star and it would it would essentially be like playing with toys but I'm drawing my toys hmm. um, so I would like make the sound effects and you know at the end of the, the whole session it would the page would just be full of scribbles right and, and explosions and so I would, that that would be the way I, I would kind of role play because I didn't, you know, I, I had Star Wars toys, but, you know, the small figures, I never got to get to So that's how I kind of made up for it. Drawing and that kind of carried high school, I, you know, I started doing hmm. portraits and, you know, some of the, the work that I did was, you know, just things I loved basketball at the time. I was a huge Lakers fan, so I did Magic Johnson. I did James Worthy. Uh, drawing was definitely my obsession back then.
0: Interesting. And then how did that uh, then grow into eventually you getting into photography? Because they're, you know, very different uh, mediums, you know.
1: Yeah. So, um, well, I stopped drawing in high school. Um, It was one of those things where, you know, it's like you're a teenager and, you know, I wanted to kind of grow up. You know, I got a job and it was all about partying and meeting friends and all that stuff. So art took a back seat all through pretty much adulthood. And so it wasn't until probably like my mid-30s where I'm, I met my wife, and she was very artistic. She had a huge appreciation for art and photography, and she drew and she painted, and it, it kind of inspired me to get into art again. And uh, she introduced me to photography. And that's when I realized, man, photography, she's the one that can that photography was art basically because you know back when I was in high school I would take pictures but it was more for like capturing memories uh, I never thought of photography as being able to create something so it wasn't till her uh, I, I remember watching her take photos and she would get it down in these really low angles and have like an object in front of the lens and I would look at the picture and I'd be like man you created something out of this like <laughs> I could never imagine, so that really got me curious about photography, and that's how that's how it all started.
0: That's awesome, that's funny. I think I was kind of the same way with photography where i didn't it didn't occur to me that you were like actively creating some kind of art i always thought saw it as like, oh well, you're taking photos of landscapes or or doing portraits of people like it it didn't seem like this active creative art form you know so that that's I, I could totally understand where, where you were coming from with that it's funny when you started photography though you you didn't start putting toys in front of your camera you actually started photographing your dog is that right
1: yes yes so um, my wife she's responsible for everything I have to say <laughs> she uh, <laughs> so she's, she got me into photography we we adopted our first dog and Uh, She introduced me to Instagram and uh, we didn't have a fancy camera at the time. It was just like mobile phone and she had like a point and shoot digital camera. And I started seeing these like dog accounts on Instagram. I'm like, that's interesting. You know, know, right now it's really saturated with dog accounts. I mean, there's millions of people who have dog accounts and pet accounts. But back then it was a very small community, kind of like how the toy photography community is right now. So I was like, "Ah, oh, that'd be kind of cool to mess around and take pictures of your dog and post it." So that's what I did. I remember getting like followers and being really excited, and that's when I kind of ran into beautiful dog photography, like stuff you know that it's not a mobile phone or or a cheap camera. And my wife and I decided, "Let's let's do it. Let's invest in a in a camera." And so we did, and from there it was like. It was a huge learning curve. Number one, because I didn't have any experience with a camera that had settings. Like I didn't know what ISO was, and f-stop, and shutter. And I just remember being really frustrated and research. You know, I would Google what these stuff, these settings were, and I, I was like, man, I still don't get it. I kept reading it over and over and over. So yeah, you know, long story short, man, it's like you got it to take thousands of photos and just expand. And that's what I did and, and that's what my wife did, and we, you know, eventually we got noticed in the community Instagram, and that led to a lot of really cool opportunities.
0: Yeah, I read that you had done, um, you did photo shoots for actual companies and and events and stuff like that. So it it became like a, a big thing for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was unreal, man. Like we did, um, my wife get to go to this, um, I forget why, but uh, the National Dog Show. That was a you know, it was a nationally televised event, and so that was really fun. Well, it was hard work. It, just imagine, like, photographing hundreds of dogs for, like, eight hours straight, you know, and they're doing the same thing. and It was very tiring, but it was a good experience. Um, right. But the events that we really loved to do were the uh, Incredible Dog Challenge, and there was um, these, like, amazing athletic dogs, and they were, like, Going through obstacles and uh like long jumps and doing freestyle frisbee tricks and so that was really fun and again, another challenging thing because these dogs are so fast, so it was i mean I remember looking at my camera roll and it was like five thousand photos and maybe a hundred and fifty came out because the rest were blurry <laughs> dogs are so fast but yeah those those are really fun events to do and we're so fortunate to be able to have that opportunity.
0: How did you then eventually start photographing toys? Because I, I can just imagine how much of a of a culture shock, I guess, that was photographing like a dog that moves around and that you have to kind of make sit still as opposed to like a toy that, that you can completely manipulate and control yourself. How did uh, How did you transition from doing one to the other?
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I thought it was going to be easy, to be honest with you. It was like... Uh, well, let me tell you how I got into it first. So there was uh, there was a I guess a dark period of the dog photography where I started feeling the content was getting stale and just it kind of felt like an obligation to post. and it's it wasn't you know, it stopped being fun. It started, you know, the passion started to fizzle, so I knew it was time to kind of take a break. And at that time, the uh, force awakens had just released and so for Christmas my wife bought me the uh the Sphero BB-8 you know if you're familiar with
0: yeah I love that thing I've got I've got one of my own yeah for your audience
1: that doesn't know what it is it's a little remote controlled miniature Star Wars droid that you can control with your phone um so I love that thing man I was such a huge fan of The Force Awakens and I loved all the new characters and I thought BB-8 was such a cool uh cool character you know and kind of like he was like the new R2-D2, right?
0: Yeah, it's crazy to me like how instantly iconic he is. You know, it's just the second everybody saw him, we all just fell in love with him. And now he's just like a complete pop culture staple, you know?
1: For sure, for sure. So when one day when I was playing around with him, a little light bulb in my head popped up. And I was like, oh man, I have this great idea. Let me, I'm going to start a BB-8 account on Instagram. And it's going to be very similar to like a pet account where... You know, it's a day in the life of BB8, and bb 8s going to have the cute factor, and bb 8s going to go on adventures and hikes and all this crazy stuff, right? So, I was like, okay, I'm gonna start it, and come to find out, there was already like four or five accounts that were doing the same thing. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I thought I was, I thought I was being original and whatnot, Uh, but that didn't discourage me. I was like, you know, I have something else that I can offer. Um, You know, I wanted to throw a lot of humor into it, and you know, the the other accounts didn't really use fancy cameras, as I like to say, they were just using like iPhones or whatever. So, you know, throw, you know, some beautiful photography mm-hmm. with it as well. And so that's how that started. And going back to what you were saying before, like the whole transition of dog photography to toy photography, I really thought it was going to be a lot easier. Man, it's, <laughs> it's complete <laughs> opposite. I mean, Toy photography is so challenging, and it's like the most challenging type of photography that I've ever experienced. So, but at the same time, it's definitely the most gratifying of all.
0: Really, I mean, I I totally agree. Like personally, and um, what do you find more gratifying than than the other stuff that you're doing? Like, what is it about toy photography?
1: Oh, man, it's hard to put in the words. It, I think it's just the entire process of creation. You know, like there's so much. I don't think people that don't do it, they don't realize how much you have to put into it. You know, it's it's mm. it's so much work from getting the idea to setting up and being able to kind of sell the shot because you know, with like dogs and people, you know, people move, dogs move. They're able you know, they express emotion, they're alive. The toys, you know, you can have an idea in your head of a scene or whatnot but you're gonna have to be able to sell it through posing and expressions and there's so many factors that you have to you have to hurdle you know in order to get your the shot that you want and be able to sell it
0: once you started doing the BB-8 thing, it's funny, I'm looking at your Instagram now, and it, and you know, it's, it's BB-8, 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 BB-8 for like 10, 15 posts, and then you start introducing Ray and Kylo, and Stormtroopers, and jo- like all of a sudden action figures start showing up, and then before long your feed is just, you know, a toy photography feed. So how did you, once you were doing the BB-8 thing and, and started getting into toy photography, what happened next, and how did you just dive into it?
1: Man, so... When I was doing the BB-8 thing, that's when I kind of ran into the toy photography world. Um, I had no idea that it even existed. Guys like, uh, I mean, the first five guys I followed, and and I looked at this recently, and it was uh, Sergeant Bananas, Galactic Warfighters, Nightwing2110, Matt.Burn, and Barton underscore LTM. Those guys are a huge influence. When I saw their work, I was like, "What? what is this? What is, what is this? I mean, at first I <laughs> thought it was, I didn't know it was toys because it looked so cinematic. And there was so many different variables like dirt flying and explosions and uh, heads being cut <laughs> off. I was like, this is unreal. And, you know, I always love that violent kind of stuff and <laughs> and shots so uh i was like oh man i need to i need to try this you know and i still wanted to kind of keep the bb8 factor into it so my whole thing was okay let me start with ray and kylo and finn and uh, you know how that is james like yep. you you start you get one character it's over man it's like right. okay, i have finn and now i need two stormtroopers <laughs> so i can re." that scene <laughs> oh and then now I need uh you know uh who else is out there Um uh, Snoke or you know it's a never-ending snowball
0: yeah it really is I, I think when I started I was like well I'm just gonna buy things like stormtroopers and droids like I don't need the people I don't really like the sculpts on on those six-inch figures you know and then the second I bought Uh, the k2so or stormtrooper i forget which one i got first i was just hooked and then it's just yeah it snowballs into well if i want if i have this character i have to get this guy to to complement and and like you said expand and yeah it's just it's crazy yeah
1: that was the beginning of the black hole for me
0: (laughs) well luckily for for us as as your your viewers you know because you just create such amazing work with these characters thank you thank you I love how you blend pop culture into your work. You know, you obviously started with Star Wars stuff, but now you, you shoot such a big variety with Marvel and Back to the Future and Lord of the Rings and just so many different toy brands and stuff. Uh, what are some of your biggest influences and, and sources of inspiration?
1: So I get a lot of inspiration through comedy. I'm a huge fan of, like, Dave Chappelle and huge fan of skit and improv comedy and I love to make people laugh and I love to entertain, hmm. but I hate being in the spotlight. So that's why I probably can never be a comedian because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to be on stage, right? Right. I'm not a great verbal storyteller either. I always get nervous, like, for anything public speaking or even, like, interviews like this. I can get nervous. And so that's why I love this art, you know. It's, you're, I'm able to entertain and make people laugh and my toys get the spotlight and it's not me but yeah so i know that not everything that i put out is funny but you know my my ultimate goal is to have the audience sort of express some type of emotion or connect with it emotionally one way or another
0: yeah i think that um that comedy background or at least inspiration really makes sense with, with the style that you have where you are blending these different characters and worlds because that, that skit comedy thing is kind of like, you know, um, anything goes, you know, and, and I, th- I think that's kind of prevalent in your, in your work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There was a, uh, uh an example, like my doctors, Dr. Doctor Strange versus Darth Vader picture. <laughs> I love that so many like star Wars fans and, Darth Vader people just lost their shit over it and it was it was really fun to read all the comments and see all the arguments in the comments and it was just like you know I was it was cool just to see that I was able to create something and had people talk so Mm -hmm. that's always kind of a goal for me is to have you know get people to have those conversations you know.
0: Yeah, I'm very familiar with that photo. That's an amazing photo. For people that maybe haven't seen it, I'll include it in, a, in the blog post for this episode. But can you explain it a little bit, uh, uh, what photo you're, you're referencing?
1: Yeah, so it was um, it was Doctor Strange. And it's a basic setting. But he's doing the, I guess it's called an astral push on Darth Vader. So it's it, it almost looks like, like a force push, like what Jedi's would do. So he's doing that to Darth Vader, so Anakin's spirit, like, flies out of him. I guess that's the best way I can explain it, but...
0: Yeah, that's that's how I, I picture it. And that's how I would have explained it too. it's just it's such a cool idea. And it's it's one of those things that once you see it, it's like, Oh, why didn't I think of that? You know, it's just, <laughs> it feels so simple, even though it's such a such a great, deep uh, concept and idea and amazing execution. So so yeah, like I said, I'll include it on the blog so that people can see it, because it's, it's a really cool shot.
1: Oh man, Thank you. Thank yeah, you so yeah.
0: Uh, obviously, Star Wars, Marvel, those kinds of things have had, a, and comedy has had an influence on on you inspirationally as far as the characters you come up with, but as far as like your visual style and your, your cinematic style, have those things really informed the way that you photograph? Did those help uh, you come up with how, how your visual style is and, and how you compose shots and what you're trying to go for?
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the things early on that, and I actually still do it to... To even today um, is just kind of study film and television shows and and just kind of see what grabs me and I kind of study why it pulls me in, you know, whether it's lighting or angles and perspectives and whatnot. But yeah, that's it's definitely um, for the doctors. And I'll go back to that Doctor Strange Darth Vader photo, but I didn't know anything about Doctor Strange. Like I haven't even seen the movie, but I had the figure and. So I was like, uh, let me go watch the movie real quick and see if I can pull some type of inspiration from it. And that's there was a scene in the movie where that Astral Push happened to Doctor Strange, and I'm like, ooh, I, there's something I gotta do with that. You know? Definitely uh definitely watching uh movies and, and, and television. I, I definitely get inspiration from that. I don't
0: I've noticed over the years that you you shoot similar toys again and again I know you've got you've got a wide variety of stuff in your in your catalog but some characters you come back to like baby Groot or or Marty and Doc or the Hulk or what is it about some of these characters that keeps you coming back to them
1: well there's certain characters that just kind of work in any situation you put them in I don't know if it's because baby Groot is the figure is actually life-size but I can just throw anything on baby Groot it just works And, and the funny thing is I've I've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So I know nothing about <laughs> Baby Groot except for the he's so friggin' cute, right? But yeah, I, you know, anything I put him in, it just works. And, you know, the same goes for, uh, like, Chewbacca. I, I shoot a lot of Chewbacca, the Hot Toys version of Chewbacca. And, and he's another one of those characters where, you know, I can, I can picture him in, like, a business suit or, you know, re- recently I've been doing basketball shots, and that's... Chewbacca is a big reason why I started my Plastic baller series uh, is because he's such a versatile character and it just works. He just works in any situation that you can put him in.
0: Yeah, I love that shot that you have of him going in for a dunk and you can just see like his hair, you know, billowing in in the wind and stuff. It's just I I bet he's a really fun character to shoot with. (laughs) Oh,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: I can't believe you've only been doing toy photography for three years because your work is just, it's so good and it feels like I've i have been seeing it forever. Um, in that time, you've not only grown your your following for your work, but you've been featured by some major outlets. How did some of those opportunities start coming your way? Like once you started doing toy photography, how did it grow from there?
1: Man, it's, uh, when you say three years, I, I still remember like my 1st BBH shot. It felt like yesterday and... I remember just I remember remember all the details of that day. But um, you know, as far as like features, man, this whole experience has just been unreal and just difficult to put into words. I mean, you know, when I first started doing this, I could never dream of being featured by ESPN. You know, and it, it's just crazy just saying that, right? Uh,
0: yeah, it was cool when I saw that that um, that photo you did had gone kind of viral and was shared by places like ESPN. I was just I was blown away. It was just so cool to see your work shared by such a big big conglomerate like that, you know.
1: Yeah, I, and you know, I'm such a huge sports fan. Like I'm I'm a sports fan first and a wannabe geek second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, it's sports of the love for basketball has been constant throughout my whole life and uh, since I was a kid all the way to now and you know, back then I was watching Sports Center and listening to uh, ESPN. And I still do that every day today. I'm watching ESPN and listening to ESPN radio on the way home from work. So that was like, definitely like the biggest highlight of them all. But to have them feature at Toy Photo was like, that's mind blowing, right? Because yeah. I would never <laughs> expect that. Like my dream job is to be a game photographer for the Lakers. You know, that was be my dream job so if anything i would think that a photo that i did shooting for the lakers would have got featured <laughs> but right. i mean you know thanos doing you know doing end game on a jump shot come on my mind's <laughs> like blown i couldn't believe it I really couldn't believe it
0: yeah and i think it just goes to show not only like how good your work is but also just how much these um like comic book characters have had had such a huge impact on just the general audience and pop culture that that people know who Thanos is, you know, and, and that they would see that and immediately understand what's going on without having a geek have to explain it to
1: them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's become mainstream, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's part of pop culture now, so and that's the reason why I know about it. Because I was never into comics or anything back when I was a kid, and um, I couldn't hold a conversation with anybody who knew backstories of Iron Man. And I just know like the MCU world, so.
0: Yeah, let's talk uh, about some of the specific events you've gone to, because you've had work shown at things like Toy Fair New York, Star Wars Celebration, which is awesome, Comic-Con a couple times, I think. Which one of those came first, and and how did did those opportunities come about?
1: Uh, The first one was Comic-Con, and I want to say that was in 2016. We're in 2019 now, so I forget if it was 2016 or 2017, but... Oh, it was the year that Force Awakens came out. Hasbro had a little campaign that was promoted by uh, Sergeant Bananas. And so I was really new to the game at the time. And so basically the campaign was you recreate scenes from the Force Awakens and you tag Hasbro toy pick. And then, you know, the people at Hasbro will go through the entire hashtag and they'll choose the ones that they like to be featured at at Comic-Con and... I did one of uh, Ray and Finn when they first met on uh, what was the uh, what's Ray's planet called again? I forget. Uh, Jakku. Jakku, yes. And uh, so it was uh, Ray and Finn and BB-8 running from a Tie Fighter, and uh, so I recreated that scene, and they chose it, and that's how I got into Comic Con that year. <laughs> it, was, it was again, it was like when another one of those like slap me in the face kind of things, like man, my work's at (laughs) Comic-Con,
0: you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing.
1: So that was the first one. And then the Toy Fair in New York happened, I believe, the year after. And they reached out to me personally. And I think there was like five or six others who they reached out to. And it was basically to kind of celebrate the Star Wars 40th anniversary of The New Hope. And so basically, we just had to recreate scenes from there. And they would choose those photos and then post it at the Toy Fair in New York. And that same spread they used at uh, Star Wars Celebration as well.
0: That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, and then you were actually at Comic Con, I think it was last year, right? Showing your work and, and you were even interviewed by Marvel Entertainment, which is just which is so cool. Yeah. What was that experience like um, going there and then talking to those guys?
1: Oh, man, that was so nerve wracking. Like, It was, uh, number one, I I gotta tell you, like, I hate crowds, so, like, the whole thought of going to Comic-Con was, it was sickening to me, right, and so I had to kind of overcome that, but it was cool, Mm I, I did some work for Bluefin and their Tamashi Nations line, and it was all Marvel stuff, so, again, it was, like, uh, I think five of us that they chose, and... The work that we did was basically to display at their booth, and there was also an opportunity to sign photos and give them out to people that were walking by. Hmm. I, I was I was curious, like how is that even going <laughs> to work? Right? Because I can guarantee you, about ninety percent of the people, well, probably even more 98, 99 percent of the people don't know who I am, and and really that was the case. So, luckily we had. A person from Bluefin, she was, for a straight hour while I was signing, she would yell at the top of her lungs, free prints by Jax, come get your free (laughs) prints. And people would look and stop, and they would get a free print, you know, and I'd sign it. And most of them didn't know what I was signing. Like they, a lot of people thought I was the designer of the figure that was on the photo.
0: Oh, that's funny. It's like they, it doesn't occur to them that, that that somebody had to take the photo and do all that work. You know?
1: Right, right. They're like, this this is a really cool figure. Did you design it? And I said, No, I'm just the toy photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have stated that different, but you know, uh, but it was fun, man. It it was it was a cool experience, and I had uh, so I signed with uh, Richie. Uh, one day, Richie, he's uh, aka Nose Rain on Instagram. Uh, mm. Just the coolest dude. So, we were there was uh, one day where we were signing side by side, and so we got to kind of share that experience, and that was cool. And going back to what you're asking before about Marvel. So, one morning, uh, Marvel came by, uh, we were all there, and the the person doing the interview so they were there basically to interview the representative of uh, bluefin and they were going to talk about the tamashi nations marvel line and whatnot so they were prepping and i started talking to uh jamie Fravelli, who's the who was the host and uh, doing the conducting the interview and uh, we just started you know chit-chatting and i was you know basically telling her we created these photos and these are toys and whatnot and she was like kind of blown away she's like wow these are cool it's like this reminds me of robot chicken and and I was like that's funny you say that that was that wasn't the first time I heard that and she's like hey do you want to get interviewed in my head I was like hell no I don't (laughs) I have nothing prepared but I was like yeah let's do it you know There'll probably never be a time where Marvel's going to say, hey, do you want to do an interview? So I'm like, "Right, <laughs> let's do it, right? I don't know if you saw it, but it was like a, a quick 60-second interview and basically mm-hmm. talked about toy photography and what we did for Bluefin and Tomashi Nations. So. But, man, I felt like, you know, when the lights are on pointing at your forehead and the camera's on you and the microphone's right in front of your face, I, I don't even remember, honestly, like what she asked him what I said and I just kind of went with it and it wasn't until I saw it I was like man I said that you know? <laughs> I, I didn't sound as bad as I thought I did but
0: <laughs> yeah it's one of those just like out of body experiences you know? yeah exactly exactly You've also done work for for companies like Hasbro, uh, Beast Kingdom. You mentioned Tomoashi Nations, even like Shick, the the um, Razor company, which I think is cool. Yes. Um, so doing client work like that, and I know you also did some of that with your with your dog photography. How do you find that uh, different experience than when you're just shooting for yourself and posting on Instagram? Like, do you do you approach that work differently?
1: I try not to, but it's definitely more limiting. Because, you know, you start dealing with like trademarks and copyrights. And so it's definitely a creative challenge. I mean, it's still fun to do, but can't be as loose as I normally am, you know, because y- y- if you've seen my work, I'm just, I'm all over the place. And, you know, so if I'm doing something for Marvel or just Star Wars, it, I got to keep it within that franchise. So mm-hmm. it's definitely, definitely still fun to do, but it's definitely limiting, like I was saying earlier.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. I've done a little bit of that stuff just working with uh, Lego last year, and, and you know they give you like this creative brief, and it and it's like here's the parameters that we're going for, and and here are the things you're not allowed to do, and they are allowed to do, and even um, I, I forget, uh, I think it was Father's figures shot this amazing Voltron shot that that happened to have like the Lego Ghostbusters. Oh. Uh, firehouse in the background and they rejected that one because they're like oh well we can't have this mix of properties you know and it was an amazing photo that I think eventually he he was able to redo and release but yeah I I can see how that would be limiting where where if your your impulse is to mix these things and blend these genres and characters how how it might be limiting to to step back from that and and be a little more focused um and, and on you know if you're working with a, a specific toy company, you know, only shooting with their toys and the action figures that they want to promote and all that stuff.
1: Right. No, exactly. Yeah. It, it, uh, I have an example and that specific Comic-Con, you know, it was for Marvel and uh, I had another Doctor Strange photo that I really loved and I had a weird feeling about it, like, but I, I said, you know, I'm going to... Ex- I'm just gonna uh, put it in anyway. Just you never know; they might accept it. But it was uh, it was Doctor Strange doing an astral push on uh, Iron Man, and it was Tony Stark, his mm. spirit flying out along with an iron. And Bluefin loved it, but Marvel rejected it. And what I was told is they denied it because the concept was in a film, but was cut out. <laughs> I'm like, really?
0: Oh, really? yeah. And
1: I was thinking, well. If that was the case, then nobody would really know that because it was cut out. But
0: <laughs> Right. Huh, that's funny. It's like they didn't want that, that being represented because it was something that they had rejected internally or taken out, and, and they didn't want that visual out there or something. That's, that's kind of weird. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, if we see that in Endgame, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be, right? hey, that's <laughs> my
0: idea. <laughs> where's my money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sue Marvel for intellectual property. <laughs> exactly. See how that goes for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was another cool shot just with the iron, you know, it's just, I I'm, I'm looking at that one now um, on your Instagram. And um, it's funny. Cause just when you look at your feed, you know, it's kind of, it's cropped. So it just looks like Dr. Strange pushing Iron Man out of the armor. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And then when you see the iron, it's just such a great little touch. Just, makes the f- photo so much funnier so it, it really shows that that comedy background that you're talking about oh man thanks thank you thank you Let, let's switch gears a little bit because uh you and i met in person last year at the oregon toy photo safari which is a really fun experience we've talked about a lot on this podcast i recommend people go back and listen to some of those episodes but um you and i met but i was disappointed we didn't really get a chance to shoot much together
1: i know man I know we even talked about it. We're like, I know <laughs> oh, we got to do something, uh, collab on something. But one of those things where it's like not enough time.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Three or four days dedicated to toy photography just <laughs> still doesn't present an opportunity. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was not only looking forward to, to shooting with you and hanging out, but also just watching you in action and, and seeing your work because I had just Started doing, you know, mostly I'd done Lego for the first three or four years of my toy photography journey and then started doing action figure stuff last year. So I really want to just watch you and see what you did with, with wires and practical effects and stuff like that. So I, w- I want to talk a little bit about your process. Okay. Yeah, you do such a great blend of practical and special effects. And, and so I, I just want to know, like, what is a, a typical shoot for you like?
1: Well, it's, it's kind of broken into two different categories because and the two categories are outdoor and indoor. Hmm. So outdoor photography, if i have 3 concepts, i can usually hammer those out in anywhere between 3 to 5 hours with outdoor photography and uh i think it's because of there's plenty of lighting and you know there's depth in the landscape and you just have a lot more options so it's easy to work with, but indoor photography, man, that takes I usually just do like one concept for the day and that session can take anywhere between like three to eight hours. Hmm. Uh, and there are times where it went to a second day, but it's definitely more challenging because, because of lighting and just, just so everybody knows, like I don't have my studio is my dining room table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't have anything fancy. It's definitely very limiting as far as space. Uh, but I, you know, You just kind of go with what you have. Um, It just adds to the time, you know, every little factor. And uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but...
0: uh, Yeah, yeah, totally. When you're shooting with practical effects and wires and stuff like that, how much of it are you doing, like, practically? And how much of it are you going back later in Photoshop and and adding stuff in?
1: Uh, I would say pretty much all my effects are real, except for certain lights, you know, like lightsabers, obviously, I'll, I'll do in post. And... You know, if R2D2s, lights, uh, I'll put those in. So, little details like that, but like main effects, like explosions and whatnot, um, usually those are real. But I do spend a lot of time in post. I would say if you look at the entire shot before post, it's like seventy, sixty to 70% complete. And then post, I go in and put in the finishing touches. Mm. Post is probably my favorite part of the entire process.
0: Yeah, for me too. I would say the same thing. What is it about uh, the post production that you find more satisfying, at least than, than like the shooting part? Why is it your favorite?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I I don't know. I, I think I just I just love going into Photoshop, and I think because a good reason is because I'm still learning Photoshop, even though I've been using it for probably over twenty years. It's so powerful, and every photo that I put into Photoshop, I learn something and. Mm-hmm. It's the unknown, you know, it's like, what can I do with this photo? How can I enhance it? It's kind of like a chef, right? And a chef that creates a gourmet meal, you know, they want to, they can have all the right ingredients to muster up this really tasty dish, but there's something about how they plate it and present it, right, that enhances entire experience and that's kind of how I approach post-processing is you know I have something good straight out of the camera but man the the possibilities are endless like and a lot of times I don't go into it knowing what I'm going to do it's just trying different things trying different color schemes and temperatures and just adding little details too and when I'm shooting I take multiple photos and sometimes I'll like a piece of this photo and I'll so I would add that that just that little portion of the photo to uh, my main photo so Mm. I do a lot of experimentation
0: that's awesome I I kind of approach it the same way when I'm editing is I I try to capture at least like the bones of what I'm trying to get in camera as far as the the lighting and the posing and the composition and effects and all that stuff and then yeah post-production is really when you find out the the color correction and the tweaking the lighting or adding some like blurs and zoom effects or any of that kind of stuff just kind of tweaking it and enhancing the the final photo so so that's awesome yeah I, I i feel the same way about that process definitely definitely going back to the to the oregon toy photo safari was that your first uh toy safari or for meet up with people in person yes
1: well i've done meetups before but that was the first of the uh, the toy safari and definitely a first staying with people I've never met before. <laughs> <laughs> and just to, you know, because typical meetup, I would meet up for a couple hours with, with somebody and do a shoot. But this was like four days, staying in the same house with a group of people. So uh,
0: yeah, that was a first for me. That was definitely a first. Cool. So uh, So how was it? How was the overall experience for you?
1: uh life-changing oh yeah yeah I don't even know how to put it into words but it it, I can't wait for the next one I started uh we have a group chat with the people that we're staying with we were just talking about you know how we can't wait how how much fun it's going to be and whatnot uh it was it was so cool just to be able to connect with so many people and share share what you love to do you know and man I don't I don't even know how to put it into words but you know if you're out there listening and you've never been to one don't even hesitate just commit to it you won't regret it definitely
0: Yeah absolutely it's there's just something about being surrounded by those people who are like you said just interested in the same thing you are and totally understand like you mentioned earlier in the episode like some people appreciate toy photography and like it but don't fully appreciate or understand that the amount of work and creativity that has to go into it and and being surrounded by people that do get that and share that and that you can bounce ideas off of or, or shoot next to and see their process and, and all that stuff is it is truly an amazing experience
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you you took the words out of my thoughts right there. I mean, you couldn't have said it any better, man. Uh, absolutely.
0: Are you going to go to the upcoming one in uh, Utah this year?
1: Yes, yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that one. I love Utah landscape. So, it's uh, I'm super excited for this one.
0: Looking ahead at 2019, uh, what do you have any creative goals for this year? Anything exciting on the horizon that you can plug or tease, or or what's coming up for you this year?
1: Yeah, so 2019 on my list was to do a podcast. I was like, oh nice, uh, still on my list, so I get to cross that off. <laughs> uh, I really want to dive into stop motion video, Ooh. and that's definitely one of the more interesting things on my list. And I I know how time consuming it could be so that's kind of like my big mental hurdle right now it's like but i know i just need to just try it and so i'm excited to dive into that i know there's there's people in the community that are already doing it like like leila i talked to her about stop motion uh last year at the toy photo safari and she gave me some pointers and whatnot so yeah that stop motion video man that's 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 a whole new world and uh
0: yeah, that's something I've always wanted to try too, but it's just—it's kind of intimidating, isn't it? Just thinking about how much work has to go into that and how going to shoot what you want to do and and all that.
1: Yeah, I and I have so many concepts already in my head that I wanna that I wanna shoot, but it's you know again, like you said, it's like definitely intimidating. Like how <laughs> how how am I going to have somebody just do simple things like walk, right, and
0: right. spell that? <laughs>
1: Yeah, It's amazing what people like uh, the robot chicken, like what they do is like insane.
0: Yeah, because basically they're just doing toy photography like we are, you know, and especially like your work, just mixing all these different characters and scenarios and adding the humor to it. And, um, you know, yeah, it's just a lot that we can learn from them, I think, just looking at their work for sure. To wrap up, do you have any advice for people either just getting started in toy photography or looking to improve their own work?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say first is you got to master your camera, you know, take thousands of photos and because e- each failed photo is an opportunity to improve. I know this from experience, you know, <laughs> both in dog photography and people photography and just uh, and definitely toy photography is, you know, you put in the work, man, you're you'll you'll come out with some really good images through time, really dig deep and tap into things that you really love you know for me it's he's talked about pop culture and the stuff that's in my work and I really love basketball and so to be able to put that into my work and show that love I think people connect with that you know so that's another thing like tap into the the things that you really love and express that through your art uh, don't get comfortable because the moment you start getting comfortable that's when you stop growing and you start getting bored right? Like if you start mastering something and you keep doing it over and over again, it's just another day at the park. That's what I constantly try and tell myself. Uh, And I was doing mostly outdoor photography for the longest time. I mean, if you scroll through my feed, it was just like outdoor, outdoor, outdoor. And I was really intimidated by indoor because I sucked at number one, lighting. Lighting was such a challenge for me. And I was like, screw it, let's, let's, I got to dive into, I need to master this. And, you know, I'm still, I still have a lot to learn because it's taking me forever to execute something, but you know, it's, it's fun. It's frustrating as hell at times, but (laughs) it's a fun process and it's cool to kind of look back at what you've done and, and see the progression. So don't get comfortable.
0: (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, if people want to find your work online, where, where can they find it? So you? you
1: can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Plastic Action, all one word. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is Plastic Action underscore. You can also find me on Facebook at Plastic Action Jacks. That's my handle on Facebook, or on my website at com.
0: I feel like I could talk to you all day about toys and photography. This has just been such a fun conversation. So I really appreciate you uh, you taking the time and coming on to the show.
1: Oh man, likewise, James. It was it was definitely a blast. I was nervous at first, but now I'm. You know, it's like t- two dudes having a good conversation. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore toyphotographers underscore. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week.